What a great start to service. Now, to quote uh, Crocodile Dundee, that's a knife. <laughs> That's the biggest letter right now. It's a great to have you in church this morning. And uh, it is Father's Day. And uh, it's interesting how these days can be happy days for some and sad days for others. It does cause us to reflect on the whole issue of fatherhood. And tonight, today we are taking a bit of a knighthood theme. And uh, just matching that with uh, some aspects of what the Bible teaches. And so uh, that's where we're going to go. We're not going to be very long. And I'm very hot, and I've also had a, a wardrobe malfunction already, so it's okay, you're all safe, you're all safe. <laughs> uh, Sarah's with us here this morning, just before we go. Sarah, can I see you? Bless you, bless you. This is Sarah's. Yeah, hi, Sarah. Just stand up for a minute. Sarah's has been with us for about 12 months. She unfortunately has built a home in North Geraldton, so like South Geraldton, uh, up Joondalup way and stuff, and she's about to move into a new home with her husband. So we just say, God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord, and may you find a, another Christian family up there that can be uh, a part of your growth in your community. And if you can't find someone, let me know. So God bless you. So good morning. Just talk to your neighbours for a minute. Just tell them, I really like church. Technology. I uh, went and visited my father yesterday, Father's Day, because I knew I'd be busy today, and I found just the right card for him. In the card, it was, uh, the front of the card says, I've bought a new portable mobile device for you, Dad, that you'll be able to really use. When you open up, there's a lucky band in it. You meant to put the mobile home with the lucky band around or like that. I thought it was funny until he started to try and put it on. <laughs> so that's good. Well, there was a season. Um, that's better. Now you can see the double chin. There was a season when, uh, during the medieval ages, that uh, there was two ways a man particularly could serve God. And if you had the privilege of not having to be a, a serf and a servant and just work in the fields and just have to grind out enough food to keep your family, if you're a person of privilege, you could choose two ways to serve God. One way is that you could uh, join the ministry, that you could become a priest, a cleric, and that you would take a solemn vow you come into orders, you go through a process where there would be training, there would be equipping both uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And if you pass the grade, you could become a pastor. You understand? An evangelist, a worker for God. But there was another way back in the medieval age in which a man particularly could choose to serve God. And he could also take an order. He could also come under a command. He could come under a a regime where he would commit himself to serving God as a knight errant. He would go forth into the world to slay dragons. Who knows there's still a dragon to slay? Yes, there's still a dragon who's out right now 
in the byways and the highways of the city of Armadale, devouring young children, devouring widows, devouring the weak, the vulnerable, the oppressed, and there's still a need for knights to be around in the world today. People know what it is to take up the sword, not necessarily a physical sword these days, but the sword of the Spirit to bring about the change in our community. We are called, my friends, just not to make decisions. We are called to disciple Armadale. We are called to disciple the schools. We are called to disciple the courtrooms of our society. We are called to disciple the governments of our world. We are called to make people like Jesus. And you could actually involve, uh, come into this whole realm of being a knight. And who loves a good sword fight? Has anyone got a... I'd take you on right now, Braxton. Mine's real. <laughs> so whether it's the Jedi, you know, and it's a modern one with their laser beams and whatever, we still are seeing fascinated that we can sit in front of a screen and watch people go bang, 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 crash, bang, bang, crash for hours. And everybody goes, ooh, that's nice. And get stuck under there. We love a good sword fight. We like the romance, the heroism. But this was a serious undertaking back in those early days. And the stages in which a, a boy went to becoming a knight involved firstly becoming a page boy. Now, the page boy, their job was, interestingly, just to serve in the house of the Lord, just to serve in the house of the manor. He didn't have any, didn't have any particular privilege. In fact, he was a servant. He learned first the disciplines of being a man, of being a hero, by serving first. And one of the things that's happened in the world today is that children particularly, men particularly, we've abdicated the responsibility to be fathers because any man can make a baby. It takes a real man of God to be a father. Any person can make a baby. But to be a father, to actually come and mold someone and shape someone where you affect the very destiny and every choice that they make over many years, that's another deal. Paul laments in the book of Corinthians that too many of us are just still teachers. We not yet have enough fathers in the body of Jesus Christ. And there's a call for fatherhood. So there is this amazing thing where... You could start off as a page boy. You just learned to serve the house. Can every young person look at me right now? Do you want to succeed in God? Do you want to actually grow in character and development and win at all the things? Do you want to kill dragons? Do you want to be the hero? Do you want to save the princess? Is there anybody here who's got a heart that might say, yeah, I want to do that sort of stuff? Then can I say learn to serve in the house? Learn to get cups of tea and cups of coffee. Learn how to clean your bedroom at home. Ooh. <laughs> learn, learn how to be a servant first. Learn, learn how to be a servant. Because no one can be a leader until they first learn how to be a servant. And so they move from page boy and then they move into the position of being a squire. Where the squire then gets old enough, they've done enough service in the house, where the squire now seeks out an older man, a knight. Someone is already got the armor someone has already got the valor someone has already got the right qualities and character and the squire will approach the knight and say can i be your squire and this is a big deal 
The squire is giving up their life to serve a knight for a season, to be subject to a whole bunch of things, of testings and trials and whatever. And so you need to be careful which knight you pick. I like the old movies. You know when the bad cowboys used to wear black hats? <laughs> and the good cowboys used to wear white hats? You know, you always know that the black knight's not the one to serve, okay? <laughs> you always serve the white knight. And so the squire would go through that uh, thing of sorting out which knight do I want and then would actually bond their life and service to a knight for a season. I think there's great power, young people, young men, older men. Because I've met some people that are 50, 60, 70 years of age and they're still boys. They're still children. They still haven't taken the responsibility that I'm on planet Earth to serve in the area of fatherhood, to father others. And you don't have to actually be the biological parent of someone to father them, do you? We've just heard Dave Tompkins talk about how he was fathered by others. We need people that will have the ability to influence and shape others. So whether it's Luke Skywalker or Robin Hood, we all love to see the development and the training that comes. So pick out an example Find an Apostle Paul. Find someone who's a little bit ahead of you. The time will come in the life of every young person. Listen to me. This is wisdom. You know how you get wisdom? You make lots of mistakes. I made lots of Can I say to you, young person, no matter your chronological age, you will save yourself much harm if you find someone who's successful in God, that have their life together, that know how to open up the Bible and hear from the Holy Spirit and to speak truth in your life. Find someone like that and listen to them. You don't actually have to find out how it hurts by yourself. You can be smart and find out from other people. So life begins as a page boy. Then we move then to the fact that we serve as a gentleman and a squire. And then we have to complete a difficult task. The knights were warriors. They were experts in warfare, both within and without. One of the things about the Code of Chivalry is that it was as much about recognizing that you've got to kill the dragons out there, but you also have to kill the dragons in here. Part of the Code of Chivalry was acknowledging that, yes, you need to be great at the axe and the mace and the lance and riding your wonderful steed into battle, but you also had to be truthful. You had to be courageous. You had to be brave. You had to be pure. Your bond was your word and your word was your bond. You were just as much focused on developing the inner life, loyalty and duty of honor, a call to duty. And there was a code of chivalry that the knights would live by, a code that was created by external and internal discipline. And this is how the code works, everybody. You do the right thing even when it's not convenient. You do the right thing, even when you don't want to. You do the right thing when your carnal animal nature wants to do something else. You do the right thing because you've taken an oath to Jesus Christ. You've taken on the code of Christ, a code to live by his way. This is not legalism. Living under the order of knighthood means that the person's determined to just please the one that is serving. 
Knights live subjected to the virtues of that order, to the character, the qualities. He's the Christian knight is one who takes seriously. 1 Timothy 6 verse 11. But you, man of God. Is there any man of God here today? Oh, thank you. Are there any people who want to be a man of God? But you, man of God, flee from this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And the Bible gives us direct promises to those who hear the call. David Tompkins blew out the trumpet. But here's the call. If a man cleanses himself from wickedness and godless living, he will be an instrument of noble purpose, made holy and useful for the master and prepared for any good work. Living right differs very differently from rule keeping because it has to do with character. Say character. And character has absolutely nothing to do with rule keeping. Rule keeping creates problem characters. Character creates grace and strength. Character is about who you are as a person, what you stand for when no one's looking. How do you respond to the tough situations? We have people having meltdowns today when they go to the shopping center and someone's parked in their car bay or when the yogurt's out of date or when someone's eating their Tim Tams. We have people having meltdowns at the most insignificant things but God has called us as men and women of God to do the hard things to do the tough things to be the victor to win war so we do the right thing when practically it actually doesn't mean anything but it builds life action by action choice by choice character transforms you into a person that God can use. Do you understand that every choice, every habit takes you in a certain way, takes you in a certain direction? There are a thousand small choices that require us to say, God, I want to do what you want to do, not what I want to do in my life. It makes that point that in order for us to grow in the success of God, we do need deep roots that has the ability to support the tree that can carry the fruit. The Bible says that we're in a warfare. Do you know that? Do you know that you are in a battle? Do you know that there is an incredible supernatural being that we call Satan the accuser who would love to take you out? Do you know that? Do you really know that? If I've told you I invited my friend Adam, who's back in jail right now, praying for him, who has a very dangerous thing, and he's out in the car park, and he's going to beat you up on the way out, you'd probably want to take some defense about that, wouldn't you? But do you know there's an enemy to your soul that wants to destroy you? He wants to kill you, and he doesn't go to sleep. He doesn't have a day off. He is constantly working out, the Bible says, strategies to trip you up, to trip me up. But God wants us to be the victor, doesn't he? He wants us to be the one who wins over all these things. The Bible says that within me there's a war going on, that the spirit wars against the animal nature. Can anybody say, I relate, Mike? Have you ever found you saying what Paul says, the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And the things I do want to do, I don't end up doing. Have you ever had that battle? Do you know what I'm talking about? How the spirit fights the flesh. 
We need now young men, old men, young women, old women to take up the call to be knights errant, to be sent forth to do the impossible dream, to change our society, to live by a code above your pleasure, to live by a code above your little dreams, to live by the code of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To see the kingdom of God explode and go forth into our community. Can you say amen? That we are to win. This is the thing. God gives us the grace to change us. What we do with that grace is our gift back to God. So we can be sitting at home, watching everybody else go to war, when the call of God is for us to develop. So I love that. Historically, the knights, when he was ready to be uh, ordained, these days they knight you because you can sing well. So you're, I'm not going to get knighthood for a little while. I do need to acknowledge the only lord in the house, which is my son Tristan, because I did buy him a title for his birthday. So he is officially Lord Tristan John Keating of Sealand. Yeah. He has the title, he's got the certificate. Only cost me 50 bucks, but he is a lord. He's a real lord. <laughs> But before you normally do that, you do all your apprenticeship. And so you came to the place where people knew that you were a man of caliber, that you were brave, that you were courageous, that you would actually protect the princess. You wouldn't try and bed her. You'd protect the princess. Boys, hear me. You'd protect the family. You'd protect the innocent. Your sister in Christ was your sister in Christ. You learn about purity. You learned about those sorts of inner things that we have. And the night before, they would spend the night in prayer and fasting. And they'd ask God to change their life and help them to live as a night true to the cross. It's a great metaphor, isn't it? To live for God. Powerfully. Wonderfully. What are you going to live for? To get your golf handicap, handicap down? <laughs> what are you going to live for? Get the next iPhone? What are you going to live for? Pleasure? You're going to be just like an animal that's driven by pleasure and pain? Oh, pleasure over there. <laughs> runs off there. Pain runs back there. <laughs> are you going to be a little bit smarter than that? Or can you hear something in the Holy Spirit today to say there's something bigger I can live for? I can live for Jesus. And so once the night had completed his fast, he'd made his promise, he'd be brought out before the commissioning knight. Another knight had the ability to make another knight. And he would get them to kneel down. He'd get his sword. He'd be laid upon their shoulders. Because, you see, the idea was if the Lord had changed his mind, there was some suspect of uh, loyalty. Instead of going over the head... <laughs> It was a bit symbolic, you know. You owe your loyalty to me, don't you? Otherwise, your head could have rolled sort of thing. And then he'd give them a charge. And uh, I'm going to try and give you a charge today as best I can in the time available. Are you ready? By the command of God our Savior and of Jesus Christ, our hope to the night, a true son of the faith, I charge you to live according to Christ's code. Knights, do not look down on anyone. 
just because you're young, but set the example in speech, in life, in hope, in faith, and in purity. Give yourself to these things that everyone may watch your progress. Watch your life. Treat younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers and young women and sisters with absolute purity. I charge you. In the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the elect of the angels to keep these instructions without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. The sins of others are obvious, but do good in the sight of God. Things have limited value, but godliness with great contempt is great gain. We have brought nothing to the world. We can take nothing out. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and traps and hurt themselves with many harmful desires and plunge men into ruin and, ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the face and pierced themselves with grief. Be sure to fan into flame the gift of God, which is through you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give you a spirit of cowardliceness, but the spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. Be ready to suffer for Him by the power of God who saved us and called us into a holy life. But because of anything, not because of anything we have done, but because of His purpose and grace. Guard the good deposit is trusted in you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And you, my son, be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. Put on the full armor of God and fight the good fight of faith. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in normal things, but wants to please their commanding officer. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, encouraging, correcting, training in righteousness, so that you, the man of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You must fight the good fight of faith. You must finish the race of faith. You must keep the faith of God. Night of God, flee from all evil. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and patience. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, 
who gives life to everything of Christ Jesus, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God the blessed, the only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of all, who is alone, immortal, who lives in inapproachable life that no one's ever seen. To him be honor, might forever, now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise and true God, be honor, glory forever and ever. Amen. Arise tonight. Arise tonight. Arise tonight. Arise, soldier of God. Arise, the army of Jesus Christ. We are called to go forth and to conquer, to bring down depression, rejection, abuse, failure, substance, whatever it might be. God has called us to go forth and kill dragons in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Let's have the team up. That's a real sword. We used to see an old song many years ago. Uh, Onward, Christian soldiers. It's an oldie. Um, and we used to sing another song called God's Got a Mummy Marching Through the Land. God's Got a Mummy. No, God's Got an Army. God's Got an Army Marching Through the Land. Uh, we do need to move beyond our comfortable selfishness into militant love. Can you hear what I said? Militant love. Militant engagement with our community. Uh, Saturday, not last, but the week before, uh, a number of us went to hear Vishnul Majawadi come and minister through Family Voice on the board for Family Voice and he brought this man over across to Australia to talk to us a little bit about uh, where we're at now. This is an amazing thing. We have got now an Indian coming to Australia to talk to white people that Australia ought to remain a Christian nation. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, this man is incredibly bright. He's got multiple PhDs. He can talk to go to any university in the world. He's very, very bright. If you haven't read his book, the, his book, The Bible That Changed the World, it's a great read. It actually just demonstrates uh, historically and, you know, putting all the basis of the statistics and whatever, just how so much what we enjoy in life today is because of the Bible. You know, we get our hospitals from the Bible. We get our schools from the Bible. We get our privilege of democracy from the Bible. We get all these things from the Bible. And what we're wanting to do is throw the Bible away and not live with those failures anymore. And he says it's killing us. But one of the things he says to people asking questions, you know, what we're going to do about this problem and that problem and this problem. But he says, you know, essentially what we've got to do, he says the problem with the Western church is that we've got to realize that we're not here for us. That we have actually come to a place where Western Christianity is all about me. What works for me? And he says we actually have got to work out that we've got to call upon our life to be the church militant rising up, changing our communities. And uh, 
That's where we need to go. Next Sunday, uh, next Saturday is our election. I'm on the board for Australian Christians, one of the political parties. I'm not asking you to vote for them. But I'm just saying I think we should be engaged some level. All I want you to do is on, uh, on next Saturday, can you take your Bible with you into the booth instead of your wallet? Turn to your name and says, think about that. <laughs> mm. It'd be very good if we let our values determine what's important rather than just what we think is best. So God bless you as you do that. We're going to sing, and what I'd like to do today, if you're a young man or an older man and you'd love to live for God in an expensive way, you want to take up the code of Christ, you want to say, I want to cross over from just being a little bit selfish into actually living for God to take on the mission, then I'm actually going to invite you, invite you down to the front today and I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to anoint you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask for an anointing upon your life that you'll live strong and powerfully for God. Amen. So if that's you today, you do that and uh, it would be my joy to that. Men, women of God, this is not meant to be a, a gender thing. We can father, we can mother despite our gender. But what we do need is to know that we make a difference when we show people by example and we speak words of wisdom and challenge the people's life that is so, so important. So may we all rise in our ability to be fathers and mothers in the house of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God bless you, stand, and the musicians will lead us, and I will disrobe. Do you want to do a happy song?